Welcome to the Digital Workplace Deep Dive. I'm your host, Weston Morris. In this episode of the Digital Workplace Deep Dive, we're going to go in a slightly different direction. I mean, if we look back at the pandemic, we know that it it forced enterprises to realize the usefulness of, of several trends, things that they may have been looking at prior to the pandemic, but during the pandemic, they realized were just super important. Things like, you know, how do you get people to work from home, obviously, um, using artificial intelligence, using automation, uh, merged reality. But we also discovered the importance of the gig economy. And in this episode, we're going to learn about some clever innovations that a company called K2 Partnering has developed. These innovations are actually improving the workplace experience of thousands of gig workers around the world. And beyond that, I'm actually curious to find out if any of these innovations that have been helping the gig workers can also improve how HR departments attract and retain top talent for their full-time employees as well. To help me understand these innovations in the gig economy, I'm speaking today with Antonio Golino. Antonio joined K2 Partnering in 2002 as employee number 24, but since 2015, Antonio has been leading the company as its CEO. And as I've discovered in my conversations with Antonio over the last few weeks, he is the passionate force behind many exciting innovations that are enabling the gig economy, especially over the last year during the pandemic. So welcome to the Digital Workplace Deep Dive, Antonio. Thanks, Weston. Thanks for having me. So I'm really looking forward to our conversation. Maybe we can start off. You can just tell us a little bit about K2 Partnering and its role in the global gig economy. Sure. K2 Partnering Solutions, it's a global provider of highly skilled IT engineers, particularly in um, the SAP ecosystem, Salesforce, Microsoft, and Oracle ecosystems. So since um, its inception, we have been dealing with the gig economy, the freelance community, initially in Europe and then around the world. And it's always been fascinating how in the early days, the gig workers were seen like a necessary evil and oftentimes identified as uh, professionals that all they care about is their daily rate, projects being two months, three months, four months, and then they want to quickly move on to something else. That's true. You know, whilst there is nothing wrong in that, I have personally found that that is not the case. These are individuals that care about their professionalism, their reputations, and that for the job that they deliver for clients, for them, is very important. And they are loyal too. They can be very loyal too. I'm glad that, you know, fast, 20 years fast forward, the world has um, a different view on the gig workers. That's what K2 is trying to master. The handling, engagement, and management of the gig workers out there. You know what I'm really excited to see, Antonio, is how you and your company with K2 Partnering, I mean, you've put together this great ecosystem where the freelancers or the gig workers can collaborate with others. They can get training. They've, you've got gamification. They can get points. You know what? I'm getting ahead of myself here. Uh, maybe yeah, just yeah. back up a little bit. If I understand correctly, let's just back up to 2014. I think that's where all this innovation started. I mean, what actually happened that year? What happened in 2014 for us was 
to truly try and build a platform that would allow our freelancers to make that monthly repetitive month and close much easier and much simpler. Mm. Obviously, we had an idea. We wanted to truly create a community, empowered, a tech-enabled community where uh, the gig workers could feel a sense of belongings. I'm going to tell you an anecdote. In the early days at K2, even before I became CEO, I managed to place a brilliant consultant with a customer. And he went on to work on site with this customer for more than three years. Wow, that's a long time. It is a long time. It is a long time. So every year for Christmas, the company would obviously organize their holiday party, right? Their Christmas party. He was never invited. Mm. Don't get me wrong. They loved him as an individual. That's why he stayed there for three years. He was getting on very well with his colleagues. Um, most of them were obviously permanent employees at that customer. But he wouldn't get invited to the Christmas holiday parties because these were only internal events. And I was trying every year to address it with the customers, but we couldn't get past, you know, the compliance and HR veto on inviting anyone external. So that forced me and my colleagues at KTU Partner Solutions to want to create a community where they could identify a hub with this feeling of belongings. And this is what we did. That's how we started in 2014, by trying to making it easy to submit monthly paperwork and by simplifying that process. That was the way we started. Well, I've got to believe that alone is is a big plus, right? I mean, even full-time employees, we just hate filling out paperwork and uh, even a timesheet, even though we know that's how we get paid, it's still a, a bit of a drudgery. So simplifying that is a great thing. 2015 comes along, you're the CEO now. What was the next change that you made to this platform to work towards that vision of an actual community? The second phase was kind of providing additional support and engagement. We were constantly asking ourselves the questions, okay, we put together now a platform where um, I'm a freelancer, I can submit my timesheets and an invoice, I can do it with, a, with my mobile phone, so I don't need to rush home after work and fill in my timesheets, but... I can have my sandwich <laughs> during my lunch break. I can quickly fill in my timesheets on, uh, on, on, on my uh, handheld device. So that was great. That alone increases the engagement. But then we knew that we needed to offer something more. And we started to provide either ancillary services. So insurance options. So indemnity, liability insurance for contractors which oftentimes are difficult to source. So we wanted the community to be a place where candidates could go and find an insurance option. We also provided a number of healthcare options. And that wasn't easy because, uh, as you know, a healthcare provider, they still look at an employer-employees kind of relationship. So unless you go and have a number of employees that you want to provide health care for, they are not quite ready or equipped 
to provide healthcare on demand. It took us a number of years to put in place and educate some of the healthcare providers to put in place some compelling offers for uh, the gig workers that simply want to have coverage. And when you do this, you have to do it country by country. Because again, we might find a healthcare provider in Germany that it's um, willing to do and provide certain services versus another healthcare provider in the United States or Mexico. The intention was always to make our gig workers' life easier. And uh, with that, we were hoping to also improve their engagement. What do I mean by engagement? Making sure that they wouldn't come into the community just to submit their timesheets and get paid, although I think you know that's a good reason to log in and be engaged. There's a strong incentive, for sure. <laughs> it's definitely a strong incentive. But also, we would realize we needed to give them more. So the next step was to also providing training. KHU also in 2014 launched a new division called KHU University, whose aim was and still is to provide training and, and certifications services to our independent freelance community. And that means if you are a Salesforce consultant, an SAP consultant, an Oracle consultant, you might need to stay current. So we realized there was a gap in the market and that the gig workers wouldn't have necessarily a place to go and buy or find out about educations and training services. That's what we did. So we set up a team that would actually provide career advice for the gig workers. And Antonio, you mentioned something that caught my attention, engagement. So you're not just trying to make life easier for them, but you're actually trying to get them to interact with the portal, with each other, with you as a company. I think one way of describing what I saw that you did is, is kind of like analogous to the frequent flyer program or, you know, hospitality programs, loyalty programs with points and gamification. I mean, that part really fascinates me. What did you do there and how did that work? Yeah, exactly. It's probably the best way to look at it. It's to compare it to a, um, a loyalty reward programs, right? That um, you have seen for years in the airline industries. So, I'm a consultant and I go on the platform and I, I might have a questions for the community. I might want to share something that I find of interest and I know some of my fellow community members might also find of, find of interest. So all of that would trigger a gamification plan where you would earn currency point. With these points, then you can redeem it against a number of services. Training that KG University provides uh, is a way to redeem and get uh, access to these to this training services. So we went from simplifying their life by submitting monthly invoices and timesheets into really trying to provide more support and engagement through sharing knowledge, sharing information, reach out to other peers of the community to get their point of view on a technical matter or a new release or a specific software product. It was quite fascinating to see how, despite we are uh, talking about a, a community that is very busy, they're always on. We saw an, an increase in the engagement in the platform as soon as we started to introduce all these uh, ancillary services. 
We also give them the opportunity to rate KTU services, mm. to rate the client services, and also they get rated by the clients. So that creates a very interesting dynamics in terms of you are actually building your reputation in the community. And um, what we notice that all of them, they really care. Ultimately, if you work as an independent contractor, you care about your reputation, right? For sure. <laughs> and then, as I said, we started to introduce healthcare services, insurance options, and a number of other ancillary services so that they could go and choose, for example, to buy an indemnity liability insurance because that particular client that they are now working for requires it. What's important here is uh, exactly like a loyalty reward program, the aim is for them to be part of the community even after they complete an engagement with K2. And they might have an engagement with a different company. There is no problem. They can still participate in the community. We have a program called Share and Earn in the community that has proven to be probably the most successful one in terms of engagement, where we give the opportunity to our community members to share referrals. So if they have a friend that is looking for a job or somebody that worked with them in one of their previous projects that is in between jobs and is looking for the next assignment, they can come on the community and they can refer their friend to the community. Since we started this Sheridan program, we have seen really an interesting increase in the number of placements that we have been able to do with the help of the community. We pay a referral fee, we place their friends. So it's really a win-win uh, situation. Share a nerd. I love it. Share a nerd. <laughs> That's just great marketing too. You know, as I'm listening to what you're describing here, Antonio, I'm hearing almost like a virtual water cooler environment. It starts off as just taking care of, I'll say, necessary evil stuff, right? Paperwork and stuff. And then it starts giving you engagement and value and interaction with other people. As I look back at the pandemic, one of the complaints among workers uh, globally has been in working from home is this lack of engagement. I want to be with people and connect with them and they're missing that. I have to believe that all of this work you did, you know, obviously you weren't thinking about the pandemic. You're just thinking about how do you bring value, you know, and make life easier for your freelancers. But I have to believe all of this work that you did, these capabilities and features you've been adding to your platform really had a positive impact and helped your freelancers, you know, you know, during the pandemic. Is that true? I think the gig workers were already kind of prepared, if you can use that word, if you can ever be prepared for a pandemic. But in terms of the way, certainly they were working with K2, they were already experiencing some of the uh, dynamics that obviously the pandemic exacerbated, like being at home now, connecting through a video conference tool without any you know, face-to-face interactions. I have to say the investment we made in the early days in building this community had really helped us to manage not only our independent professionals, but our clients and our internal employees. We had the infrastructure and the methodology to handle working from home. And I have to say, really, gig workers were the ones that adapted to it because 
they were already in that process. They were already doing two, three days at home and two days on site. In my opinion, with the pandemic question, you had the clear demarcation that you had before between classic, I'm a freelancer versus I'm a permanent employee. These lines that really became much more blurry. And this is really what we saw. And that's definitely what the pandemic contributed to, to create an environment where, okay, now I'm working from home. I'm kind of running my own desk. And what's the difference whether I'm uh, employed or whether I'm on a six, nine months contract? Yeah, I have to agree. We did a study at the end of last year together with IDC. We interviewed 515 different business leaders from around the world. And one of the questions we asked is, okay, as you come out of the pandemic, what is your plan? Big picture. And 31% of them said, man, it was so bad. I can't wait to get back the way it was prior to 2019. And the other 69% said, yeah, we it was a little bit painful, right? But we got through it. We figured stuff out and we're going to build on that. And they're actually moving to this hybrid office. That's the plan. And I feel like that 69% group, those are the ones that are going to be successful because we followed up with another question, which was why? Why are you choosing to go that route? You know, go back the way it was or, or move to a new model. And those that are going back to the way it was, one of the reasons they said they're doing it is so that they can have people in the office where we can see them. And to me, that almost reflects a lack of trust, you know, in general with the whole company, whether the person is a permanent employee or a freelancer, it's just like, I got to see you here. I don't know what you were doing back in your home office, but man, I'm making sure you're here. The 69% group that is planning on moving to the hybrid office, uh, some working from home, some working in a physical office and a mix of in between, that group did not even think about that aspect. You know, they were more concerned about employee safety and employee health uh, overall experience. And I'm just seeing such a, a marked difference between those two groups. And it's interesting what you're telling me here, Antonio, that the freelancers, the gig economy, people in that model were, it almost seems like because of the environment you put up here, better prepared to be able to work from home and because they had this built-in sense of community, which is pretty cool. Exactly. I think the what we noticed with the pandemic is the client needed to be educated on these all you know work from home thing. And then, as you accept your permanent employees to work from home, then really you realize, okay, oh, now I need to master new ways of measuring their productivity, all the way to their well-being because. And some people have, you know, large, large homes with a nice backyard and, and that's fine, but others don't. And they might have to share <laughs> kitchen with other flatmates. That's something that's certainly in certain countries in Europe, where we have a lot of uh, entry-level juniors associates that can afford to have their own house and they share a flat or a condo with somebody else, then it becomes really challenging. So, I think clients had to quickly understand how to manage it. That's what the this gig workers concept that has been out there for now a number of years, you know, we can learn from it and apply some of the lessons learned to our own internal employees. I find that fascinating. It's really eye-opening. What I hear you saying is that, uh, you know, a permanent employee, just because they've got the legal document paperwork in place to say, I'm a permanent employee of this company, they may be no more engaged 
or part of a community at their place of work than a freelancer or contractor, right? That isn't what makes the engagement. There's some extra work that has to go into place either by HR or what you are doing at K2 Partnering to create this sense of community. That's uh, quite eye-opening. Antonio, as as I listen to all of the things you've described here, I have to believe that this mobile platform you've put together and as it's evolved is able to collect a lot of data. And I think that that data could be used to even further enhance the gig workers experience, your experience as a company, and maybe even the clients. I mean, what are you able to do with the data in that process? Yeah, we have been collecting a lot of data. There are different ways that that we can use it to the benefit of the community. So we have always a community first approach. So how do we use the data to make the life of our gig workers simpler? One of the things that we do is we are able to now identify the times when a particular contractor is looking for a job. So we use the data that we have in terms of when they end an assignment, when they start a new assignment, and we use all of that data to try and then predict when they might be looking for the next assignment or engagement. Another thing that we do also with data and with marketing information that we are able to collect through KT University is to continuously feed the community with information about how they could stay current and upskill and reskill and get the relevant certifications based on the technical expertise that they have. And that's been a, t- a tremendous success because we now see candidates that traditionally work in one ecosystem that are now able to work on projects where if they were a Salesforce expert, now they can work on a project where they might need some integration skills because the clients they're working for has got an ERP that is built on SAP and they might have some other functionalities that are built on Microsoft. So all the data that we have and that we are able to analyze and match with the candidate skill set, it's very helpful to give them a guidance on their next career move and the skill set that they need to acquire to make sure that they stay relevant in the marketplace. Antonio Golino, I really thank you so much for giving me this time today. Ah, it's been a pleasure. You've been listening to Antonio Galino, the CEO of K2 Partnering, as he has been sharing with us several innovations that are improving the experience of thousands of gig workers around the world. This is the Digital Workplace Deep Dive. I'm your host, Weston Morris. Thanks for listening.